What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the P's and Q's podcast. It's another beautiful sunny day after a week of straight rain. I didn't see the sun for a week, but I'm Parth. You know, I'm excited to be here. How you doing, Quell? Uh, uh, you know, I'm awesome, brother. Wubba lubba dub dub, you know. You guys remember, <laughs> that's my thing. Of course. Always a pleasure to be back, man. Always a pleasure to be back. As you said, it's been very, very rainy lately. I guess the rain has made its way to Philadelphia. I mean, of course, not on the birds. Can't nobody rain on this parade, but. Mm-mm. Always sunny for us. <laughs> what a game, though, man. Of course, man. Like we said, though, it's always a pleasure to be back. I wish we. <laughs> what a game, brother. What a game. Well, what always a, last a pleasure games. to see Doug Peterson, man. I know you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we can touch on that one really quick. As you guys know, P's and Q's were in the building for the win against the Washington Commanders. Undefeated Park made the trip Q's. down to Washington, D.C. Yes, sir. 2-0, 2-0. Take two note, take note. <laughs> Dude, but I mean, what an experience. Just dominant performance in that game from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. man, you, can't, you finally got the chance to see what it's like for us to take over the opposing stadium. Dude, it was it was crazy. I mean, I knew I knew we were we were showing out, you know, we were we were talking we were talking trash and our uh, our our hotel had a bunch of Eagles fans, but like it was like a home game, dude. It was crazy. I was I was playing the Eagles theme song on my phone when we scored a touchdown. The uh the the AJ Brown touchdown was right in front of me. It was oh my god, dude. What a game. What a game. Jalen Hurts as a passer was yeah man same here. phenomenal phenomenal he was phenomenal man and I mean more to the defense John Gannon and his unit another great performance mm-hmm. Carson mm-hmm. Wentz was stacked at nine times mm-hmm. poor Carson poor Carson man he had never stood a chance never stood a chance but the turnover happened in my face. I got a chance to take a nice picture of the turnover mob. I saw that. I saw. Speaking that of the turnover mob, yeah, man. Speaking of the turnover mob, you see what they were able to accomplish this week. I mean, talk about turnovers. Absolutely. Was that five against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, and I think I think we have to we have to give a, a shout out to uh, to 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 Philly Philly and uh, I guess D- Delaware Delaware's own. Uh, Hassan Reddick, dude. I mean, you know, we were kind of wondering when he was going to come on, and and Sirianni said that he, it was going to come. He said it was going to come. Sacks come in bunches, and I mean, he's he 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 he's arrived. And and the thing about Hassan Reddick is is not just the pass rush ability, but his ability to get his hands on the ball, and that's been on full display as well. And it and it really just you can see how it demoralizes teams and just changes the total you know outlook of how everything's looking. Mm-hmm. Like he single-handedly wrecked this game, and when I say wrecked, I mean absolutely dominated, brother. Like, and we're talking I what think, game are we talking right now? Uh, I was talking about the game against the Jaguars. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree, man. He was he was all over the place. There was that there was that one one pass rush where he just put Jawan James on his on his butt. That was that was brutal, dude. Man, but Pretty sure he's a just gator. so much to who Javon James, yeah, yeah. Bad no, 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 Tennessee, man. Tennessee, Tennessee. I'm good, I'm good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, you put him on his ass. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but just in general, man, that was a great day for the birds. Of course, we can't get too far in without. Commenting on this magnificent performance by Miles Sanders, a career high performance, 134 yards. I mean, 
what can you say, man? Two touchdowns, 27 carries. He looked a whole lot more, not just consistent, but he was able to put his foot in the ground when he saw his hole, when he saw the hole and get right to it. Exactly what all Eagles fans been kind of begging for. Of course, he a lot of his skill set can be very reminiscent of Lashawn McCoy, but it was just really good to see him when he. I understand the gap he's supposed to hit does exactly what the play is supposed to be is supposed to be done during the quarter losses of the play and just gets north and south instead of traveling east and west. Then it makes all the other things that he's good at with the football puts those on full display. How difficult he is to tackle, how sneaky fast, man. A lot of people say they didn't know Shade. I mean, Booby was that fast, man. I'm like, man, you guys must didn't watch some Penn State ball. Booby could fly. Mm-hmm. No, he, he's got it. And I think, you know, it, it, it brought up conversations. I was, I was listening to birds with friends when, when Bo Wolf actually, you know, kind of dropped his, uh, his take he goes by the takesman, you know, and he, he was just kind of saying that he thought that with uh, that, even though miles had a good game, you know, he thought that with a quote unquote real running back, they, uh, we could have had so much more. And, and I think that's to say that, um, you know, Miles doesn't always get all the meat off the bone. I think the timing of it was weird after um, after Miles just rushed for his career high and had a really good game. And the thing is, is we've always known that that's the case with Miles Sanders. He's not he's going to miss the hole sometimes. You know, he's going to, you know, cut the wrong way sometimes. Or he, he has a tendency to bounce it outside way too much. But. You live with those because he also has the ability to have those explosive plays. I think was it last year, or the year before, where he was just ripping off runs of like you know seventy plus yards. He was leading the league, and so you know these are the pluses and minuses you get with a running back. But you know, I think I think Miles has has been much improved this year. I think he's he, he looks like a totally different player, and uh, and I and I think that uh, I, I think the, the the work he's been putting in is 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 really showing up, and I'm glad he got all those carries. I think. I was reading an article, um, I think it was by Zach Berman, friend of the pod. Um, he was saying that, you know, these are the this is the most carries Miles has gotten in his career. You know, Miles has yeah. always kind of been star player, you know, and kind of, you know, in high school, he was taken out by the first half. You know, he was a five-star running back, you know, throughout high school. So, you know, it was like that. And then at Penn State, things get a little bit different as well. And he was behind Saquon for so long. So then he got here and, you know, we have a running back by committee. So today, or I'm sorry, on Sunday, kind of by forced by uh, injury and everything, he did take over the uh, lead back duties and he shows he's capable. And I think we all kind of knew he's capable and it's about keeping the health there. Um, But it was, it was, it was a really encouraging sign to see. And I know people are just trying to nitpick because, you know, we, we have such a good team and and all of that, but Miles Sanders is a legit running back. You know, there's he, he's he's a good running back and you know you can always use some juice. But I just I think having this conversation the, the game or the day after a couple of days after he just had rushed for a career high and we won. It's just kind of goofy, man. Like, just let's just drop it. I'm tired of seeing it. <laughs> I mean, I, I can understand what you're saying. <laughs> kind of like bad timing for the situation in the same breath. I, I don't want this specific game to get lost from behind everything we've been saying in the whole process the whole time because we've said we said throughout the entire process of last year when we were watching Jordan Howard when Sanders was out for extended extended amount of time that this offense is better with a runner that travels north and south. Yeah. Now Sanders he's shown throughout the course and I mean of course as we say all the time development has you can't really follow development. You never know how exactly a player or a prospect can or will develop. So at the same time, history has shown that's not really his cup of tea in terms of the North and South style of running. So mm-hmm. to see him doing that on Sunday was definitely a yeah. step in the right direction. Definitely exactly. something where you can be excited for. At the same time, I mean, I I don't want to say I can get where you're coming from. I, I would definitely consider Miles Sanders to be, quote, unquote, a real running back, whatever he's, whatever that may be to him. But in the same breath, if he's talking about the, uh, a physical north-south runner, 
like just looking at some of the reps that we got during the game from Trey Sermon, where mm-hmm. just straight downhill, dominant run game, where, of course, we say all the time, we can put you and I behind that offensive line and we would be successful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's yeah. going to come down to a whole lot of different factors in terms of a, a potential Miles Sanders contract. But as for now, I mean, I definitely feel like he deserves the workhorse role that he's getting right now, deserves right. all the carries that he's getting right now. I mean, hopefully Boston gets healthy soon. Hopefully we see a little more Trey. But that's not saying anything about Miles. Yeah, I, I, and I, I agree. Listen, like, you know, I I was one of Miles' biggest critics last year, especially when Jordan Howard was in. You know, I, I was I was just saying that, you know, Miles needs to get north and south. And that's why, you know, I was so encouraged by what I've seen. And it's not just this game. You know, in general, he's just kind of looked like he's more willing to get north and south. And that's why I was saying, you know, you live with, you know, him trying to bounce it sometimes or, you know, trying to, you know, go sideways more than uh, north and south. And, and those things are annoying, but I think we've seen – good progress when it comes to a contract i don't want to pay him a ton of money but if he wants to come back on a on a team friendly deal i can i can understand that but um i i know some of the conversation turned to uh you know taking a running back in the first and, and we discussed this call in the group chat and you know just kind of going back to that like i know some people you know say you know you can use that that fifth year option on the running back and you're paying him you know uh what is it uh like three to five million every year or something, right? What is it? Like for mm-hmm. the late picks, right? Some, something mm-hmm. around there. So, you know, it, it, you can invest there. But the way I see it is, you know, we're going to potentially have other holes on our roster. And, yeah, we have two first-round picks. But I think the the, the delta in between, you know, a second-round running back and a, a first-round running back isn't, isn't, isn't that large. A lot of the running backs that we see producing in the league we're not taking in the first round. There's a handful that were, but you know, it's not a necessity to draft running back in the first to make sure you get a stud. You know, it just means you invest a high round pick. Look, we invested a second round pick in miles and it's not like he's turned out bad, right? Like he's been a good back, you know, but Damian Pierce, he went in the third this year. He just rushed for 160 or something last weekend, you know, and like all these, all these other guys are, our, our, our later round draft picks, you got like Javante Williams, who was like a, a second or third, right? And then, uh, you know, or, or guys like Camaro who are, who are really deep. But those are obviously rare. But, you know, the way I see it is you don't necessarily want to burn one of your first round picks on a, on a running back when there are other positions you could, um, you, you could address and, you know, get a running back with one of your other higher picks. I guess the way I personally view that circumstance is, of course, you guys know my whole stance. The whole we we will we all went through and we will go again, go through again once we reach draft season about positional value and all that things of that nature. So I mean, in terms of using like the Cowboys and the Giants using top five picks for lack of a better term on the running back position, I, I probably couldn't get behind that because there are a multitude of players that quality positions that you probably could have invested in that. With that being said, I mean, it all comes down to how you personally feel about your roster. Like, for example, a team like the Buffalo Bills, I don't think if B. Jim Robinson was on the board when Buffalo picked, I think they would sprint the card sprint the card to the podium for the first round pick. Because I mean, while there are other roster needs, the positions that you could address, you always draft really good football players. That's what the point of the draft is. You're just trying to get your hands on the best football player. And if you're talking about on the, in the back end, like how I personally view it is anything after pick 21, 21 and after, if you want to get your hands on a running back, by all means, go for it. Because your draft grade between those players and players that you probably got as quote-unquote second-round players, probably there is probably not a massive difference between the two. So, I mean, in the instance of Philadelphia, I mean, I highly doubt B.J. Robinson is going to be there. I think someone's going to make the quote-unquote mistake that I was just talking about of using the top 10 pick on him. And that's not saying anything about Bijan. I think Bijan is a top 10 prospect in this class now. But like I said last year about Kyle Hamilton, and like I said about Tyler Linderbaum, just because I think you're a top 10 prospect, the position you play plays a major role in exactly where you go. So I don't think I would necessarily, or I would like my football team to invest a top 10 prospect in him. I mean, top 10 pick in him. 
in the same breath he could go. And the Eagles are probably in a position to pick a guy like Sean Tucker or Jameer Gibbs. And me personally, if you ask me if Jameer Gibbs or Sean Tucker will have first-round grades or deserve first-round grades by the end of the year, yes, Sean Tucker more than Jameer. But yes, for none to say the least, if you ask me, are they worth taking 15, 17, if that's what the Eagles are picking? Probably not. But no, I wouldn't take them there. But if the Eagles are picking, let's say this is the NFC Championship team, we're picking at 28, 29. I see no reason not to walk away with the running back as well. I mean, yeah, there are a multitude of other needs you could address. Also comes down to how your draft board will probably look at that time. And I mean, there are a multitude of other running backs. My personal favorite, Mo Ibrahim. You got guys like Tank Bisbee, Blake Corum, Zach Charbonnet that you can get in the later rounds of the draft if you really wanted to wait. So, I mean, of course, it all depends on how your board looks. But I just personally don't see a problem with it after a while. It just depends on what your grades are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that all makes sense. And, I, and, and again, I think what you said, it just comes down to philosophy. And, like, for me – I'd I'd rather invest in like corner, you know. I think I think I, we were talking about this. I don't know if we'll be able to get Bradbury, but we have so many free agents next year. I just I, I don't know if we're gonna get him back for sure. All these different types of things, and Slay's getting older, you know. So yeah, it's a, it's a luxury pick, but maybe I use my luxury pick on a on a guy who I think can can turn down can turn into a shutdown corner who could maybe have a little bit longer time with the team contract wise like you know a running back you don't even know if you're going to sign up to a second contract so you're even looking into the future and yeah that's you I can mean, say yeah, but to to the play devil's advocate on that that's part of the reason why having a fifth-year option is so big because you have control over him for five seasons and then you let him you let the rest of the league get pickings at him at least that's how the league works nine days but I mean, of course, a normal contract is four years. You wouldn't have any problem with having him on a four-year deal. But having him, let's say if you had Prime Ezekiel Elliott or you have Saquon Barkley, the perfect example right now, the level of football that he's playing right now, if he played for a better football team on his fifth-year option like he is right now, you wouldn't have any complaints. But you only have him one year like that. You you got like two years of, of Prime Saquon. The other two and a half, three years, he was injured. I mean, yeah, that's why. And I that's say the I risk with the running that. back. With, with, the, with yeah, the running back. Running back. I'm, but that's my that's my, my point is is with all these first round running backs, running backs tend to get injured a lot. You you know, it's a, it's a position that takes a lot of physical toll. And in that case, I don't know if I would want yeah. to spend that first round pick there. And I mean, if we're just talking about the Eagles, I don't know if Howie Roseman will. We know Howie. We we argued about it, right? Like, I, I don't think Howie Howie would take. A first round running back that just kind of goes against the entire organizational philosophy it's like how we're taking a, a linebacker in the first round we talked about it last year we wanted and you told me you were like there's no way how he's taking a, a linebacker in the first round we can we can dream about it, it would be of nice course. luxury pick but like the, you know, there's just some things he's not going to do the best example i could think of in this situation is dating back to the year we won the super bowl where mm-hmm. i mean there were a multitude of prospects on the board who I'm sure we would have liked to have. Hell, there was Lamar Jackson was on the board. And I mean, yeah, right. we had that our situation at that point. So, but I think how Howie was able to, again, a multitude of players he probably would have liked to have in his hand, a multitude of players that if you look back in hindsight, you're like, damn, we should probably took that player there and not traded our pick. But Knowing Howie, like I think I do, Howie probably tries to trade off that second. That's why I said earlier in the group message, if Howie thinks like I think he's going to think, we've used that early draft pick, that early first-round pick on the edge or player in that position, and then from there, that other pick might get moved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, probably get more, get more firepower for day two on a draft or something like Absolutely. that. Or okay maybe even recoup up a first round pick for next year like we did last year. But exactly. I mean I don't personally see the Eagles picking twice. Yeah, if we're picking at three, we don't need to pick at thirty two as well. Because I mean that's gonna be our pick. The Eagles pick will be thirty two. So you know might as well just trade out of that. <laughs> but yeah it's it, it definitely brings up an interesting conversation. But uh 
for right now, I mean, just enjoy it, man. Eagles, Eagles to, did a little bit of a throwback to last year, you know, ran that rock. Jalen threw the ball like, you know, 20 times or something, uh, you know, rainy day. It was, it was real football. It was, it was awesome, man. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know that the old linemen go out there and listen to the Kelsey podcast. Awesome as always. And like, they just, they just get excited. You know, it's just like, all right, we're running this rock. And, and um, I was listening to the, to the ringer pod, the Philly special and, and Ben Solak was just kind of talking about how they, they're with their techniques. They don't line head up on Jason Kelsey, which is probably the stupidest thing you can do because you do not want to let Jason Kelsey get to the second level. Cause then you're just, you're, you're getting at least seven yards. You know what I mean? Like if right. you let, if you let Jason Kelsey hit a combo and then get up to the linebackers, the, the, the hole's right there, you know? And so um, I think, you know, Kelsey knew that and, and Stout knew that and everyone knew that. And, and they, they really were just able to, to take advantage of everything and, and, and get the run game going. And it was just, it was fun to watch this Jaguars defense, man. They were number one. They were in number one. That's twice that we they have took uh, the ball away for sure. Literally interception. Exactly. Yeah. And they, and they were, yeah, they were, but they were rated as the number one uh, rush defense. And that's the second time mm-hmm. we've faced the number one rush defense and just, ran the hell out of the rock man like just just ran it down their throat and it's just it's us telling them that our guys are better than yours and when it comes to the o-line it always is man like no one can hang with them bro and no one can hang with stout we had we had uh we had had, uh, um Oh man, I'm forgetting his name, man. Jack Driscoll. We had Jack Driscoll out there, man. At at left tackle, he has not practiced at left tackle. He play, he practiced right tackle. He played right tackle. He had not practiced left tackle, and he stepped in at left tackle and held his own against the number one overall pick. I mean, like, what 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 a guy! And then you know, by the end of the game, we had a uh, Semalu out, and so then Suo Pettison. We have two reserve linemen in, and we're still running it on the number one rush defense. That's just. That's a testament to those guys, the work they've put in, and into the uh, in, into the scheming that Stout does. Man, he's really just on a different level. He's got to be, you know, just thinking about it, he's got to be the most valuable Philadelphia coach in uh, a long time. A long time, and, and, and he's got to be up there forever. Jim Jim Johnson was different. That to my to this day was probably the most valuable Philadelphia coach. Oh yeah, but I'm just saying, Andy, like Stout. Andy, Stout has Stout has absolutely worked himself into the top five, man. Chip Kelly. Oh, please. <laughs> My God. Well, I'm about to end this call, man. <laughs> Listen, Quell is, a, Quell is a Chip Kelly sympathizer, but I am not, okay? My God, Quell. You know, you, you think you know a guy. You know, say something like, Chip Kelly's not that bad a guy. <laughs> hey, look. If y'all want to get into the origin of that, we can discuss that on a draft list one oh, day. Oh, Lord have mercy. I can get you guys some real background details. And then we can talk real nice and long about how Arizona – I mean, not Arizona. I'm sorry. I was looking for an opponent next week. But how UCLA mm-hmm. is a, a dark horse in the Pac-12. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, I just wanted to touch how you were talking about the run game, man. I, yeah. One thing I noticed about the run game, what really made me, it makes me excited, not just this week, but just in general, all season long. I seen a, a, a tweet, first and foremost, that was basically showing the amount of success of teams running the ball and running the ball as a play act. I mean, running the ball and play action and the amount of teams that do that out of the shotgun, basically, like the success they have and how the Eagles were wide far ahead of the rest of the league. So when I seen the chart about it, it made me want to go back and look at it. And the Eagles, how the Eagles run the ball from a spread formation, but with so many different personnel, is actually pretty phenomenal, man. Actually, mm-hmm. Fran Duffy touched on this a little bit on Chalk Talk this week where he was stating how just the Eagles, they're busy to run, to run the ball out of the shotgun and 11 personnel is second to none. But what I noticed out of that, not just the, how their ability to run the ball out of uh, 11 personnel, but just in general, that the different the different personnel they could include. Like if you go to Miles Sanders' first touchdown run on the game, 
they were in 13 personnel, but also out of the shotgun, where it, you literally just, if you want to play big, we can play big. If you want us to out, on the out athletic you, we can do that. Like, I've heard a lot of people say this Philadelphia Eagles team, quote unquote, the offense at least has no weakness because they can beat you in a multitude of different ways. And I mean, for a while, I didn't want to agree with that because I mean, it's early. You never know. You're starting to get things on tape. You want to see how teams adjust. Mm-hmm. Seeing all the different things that's being thrown, thrown at Jalen recently. And they pretty much right. The RPOs, the ability to run the ball, not just from under center, but from a, a spread formation, a variety of personnel that we can use in order to be successful running the ball and passing the ball. Like, it's it's almost it's, it's going to be really difficult for almost any team to stop any team and just looking at the improvement jayma hurts continues to get better weekly man weekly man like it was a play during the game One but he just gets it brother he does exactly bro he, he he just gets it man like it was a play you we all know how the first drive went Jalen threw the pick six i mean i was discussing that on twitter personally where Somebody thinks he forced the ball on that play. I wouldn't necessarily call it a force. I just think Jalen was late through his progression. He just got looked yeah. at the play. Yeah, yeah I'm about to say Pascal was, was pretty you open. Thrown that like three yards earlier. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you want to hit him in the course. Cross, you see like, how cross or like right as he's crossed, like right as he's crossing the tackle box, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit past it. Yeah, but you can't be throwing it at the. At there the was a, it was a point in time where. Right, and it looked, me personally, when I was looking at it, it looked like he 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 looked he thought AJ Brown was going to beat the cover one, but the safety got over there a little quicker yep, than and, he liked. Yep, and then he, so he by the time he came back. off, mm-hmm. yeah. But seeing how he adjusted from there to the next draft, the Eagles went was that twelve personnel, I believe it was, and they ran two wide verts Texas. Now. Of course, the two wides would be the tight ends, the two tight ends on the play, both running verticals. And the Texas was Miles Sanders coming out of the backfield on a, a Texas route base. We like a better term, it kind of is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. But just seeing his ability to get Miles the ball out of the backfield and the Eagles' ability to come back to that same play later, I believe this time they came back to it in about the third quarter where they ran that, the same concept. Texas route came around the backfield. The Jaguars linebackers was going to the Texas route heavy. But this time, that just because they jumped on the Texas route, Jalen Hurts was so quick through his progressions this time. He was like, okay, you jumped on the first route. I mean, my first read, let's go back to Dallas because that means the seam's wide open somewhere. Right. And he was correct. So. Dude, he's just, he's so cerebral. And that's what just, that's what, when people were just saying he's like a, a one-read quarterback, it was like, okay, like right now that's the offense are running. But that's, that's not, that's not, all he can do, man. And and it was just, it, it's always been obvious, you know, wherever he goes, he, he soaks it up. He's like a sponge. And, you know, you were, you were talking about that play, you know, where he just learns from things. And when we talked about the pick six, I just kind of realized, I was like, you know, you, you got to mention it, man. He, he knows how to rally the team. He just, he, he gets that too. I mean, we're down 14, zero part of it is his fault. You know, it's it, yeah. He he knows that he feels it, and so what does he do? They're 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 running the ball, and and, and what's he got to do? We're down. We're in the we're in the red zone. He puts his foot in the ground and just books it for the end zone, and he knows he's gonna get cracked. Devin Lloyd is right there. That's a linebacker, but he doesn't care, man, and he can take the hits. Like I mean, he's a he's a big boy. We talk about it. You know, he can see. I was listening to the podcast, or no, that was on the Manning cast. He was talking about how Jason Kelsey gets surprised because he squats with him. <laughs> like, I mean, you're squ- he's, a, he's a quarterback squatting with the center. It's crazy. But he's, he's Kelsey just, even talked about that a little bit on their podcast. I don't think this is, uh, I don't think you're supposed to be doing this. Right. Is this healthy? It's just, he's, a, he's a freak, dude. It's, he's just, in, in, it's just like, it's, it's nuts. Quarterbacks aren't supposed to do that. He's he's really built like a running back, and so he has the ability to do those kinds of things. And he took a massive hit. Pops right up. It's it's That's business horrible. as usual, mm-hmm. you know. And and he and he's right back to it. And and we we talked about it, um, you know, earlier in the season on our podcast. And 
what we really were looking for was to see this team bounce back from adversity. And we finally saw it, dude. We had a rainy game, awful weather. Your game plan goes out the door. We know that they've liked slinging the rock. They didn't get to do that today or on Sunday. They didn't get to do it as much as they wanted. They did it a little bit, but the emphasis was running the ball. And they were still, they they were, they they came back from down 14-0 and they were able to make that comeback. And that's that's just so important to see, especially with a team with so much young talent and a team that's just, you know, starting to play together that has a lot of new moving pieces, to see the team band together and come back in that way and score just, you know, unanswered points, man. It's it, it's it's really special to see and and gives you a lot of hope for the season. Definitely, man. But I guess we can move on to the next opponent. I mean, yes, first off, we should get some injuries out of the way. Yeah. Seems like Coach says he expects a lot of the guys to play. Sounds like Jake won't play this week. They tried yep. to take out my Maybe kicker. Get well, Jake. This week we have Dicker, the kicker. Dicker the kicker. That's going to be a front of power. We got Dicker and Dickerson. And Cox and Johnson. We're yeah, on the road. I wonder if I wonder if if Landon is Dicker the kicker's son. His name is Dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's I'm sorry. That's beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, so he's he's out and then you know, Avante is probably going to be out, right? I don't think he yeah, practiced today. I expect Avante to miss. They said, I believe it was Ian Rappaport. I could be wrong. Excuse me if I am. But they, he basically said Avante expected to miss at least one more week. He should be back for the Dallas game, but he's expected to miss at least one more week. Yeah, it happened like right before the game. It felt like like it happened. If I think it happened on like a Thursday, so it's only been like a week, you know, a couple of days. So okay, okay. Probably give um, him some more time, and then Mylotta too, right? He's a he he's did in not the air. practice today, but he says if it's up to him, he's going to give it a go. Mm-hmm. He says he wants to be like Jason Kelsey, and I quote, in terms of never missing a game. So we'll see how that goes. He's a real one, man. And yeah, and Dillard is is he he's been activated. His practice window's been activated. So expect to yeah, see him back. Twenty one days. Well. Yep. Yep. Um is there anyone else we're missing, man? Um no one that I can think of. Oh, Slay. Slay. Oh, Slay, that's right. He but he's gonna expect, play. he expects Slay back. Yeah. Right. Um but yeah, man, big game this week. We got a lot of uh a, a lot of uh old connections uh rekindling. We got seeing Super Bowl hero, you know, loved Philadelphia legend Zach Ertz. You're gonna see him in the uh what do they call it? What's what what do they call it? What do they call Arizona? Don't they have like some special name for the stadium? The Valley of the Desert. I mean the desert. The Valley, yeah, the, valley the, of the, the Desert sun. Valley. Something, something like, that. like that. No, but yeah, yeah. So something like that. Whatever. It's it's hot. All right. That's all they got. But then of course we got uh <laughs> live in the desert. <laughs> Just playing around cactus. But uh then we got Kyler and Jalen <clears throat> seeing each other once again. Uh if we're going back, the Cardinals were Jalen Hurts' second start, and that's where we saw that first flash of quiz. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. The first, the first time we 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 saw exactly the juice quiz to get, we were begging for it all season long, basically, the and we finally got a flash. Exactly. Oh, no, no, that wasn't quite that Michael's whatever his name. I wanted him to be good so bad, bro. <laughs> The straight jacket, bro. I knew that wasn't going to happen when we played Dallas. They they swapped him off Cooper and put him on Gallup, and it continued to get worse. And I was like, how's this possible? I felt like I felt like Bengals fans. This is probably the tweet of the year. It cracked me up every time, but I've seen Bengals fans after week one, and it seems like after every week at this point, where they're like, how did the offensive line get worse? And I feel you because you invest in it, and it's like, can't make these kind of things up but anyway yeah and i mean speaking of Jalen and kyler Jalen spoke a little on kyler <laughs> during his in uh his press conference basically saying him and kyler he's had a uh 
eye on Kyler for a long time, even dating back to his days before Oklahoma. Guess Kyler from Texas, I'm assuming, because he said, yep. you know, yeah. Texas is a, a big football state. Do nothing but eat, breathe, eat, sleep, and breathe football out there. So he had an eye on Kyler long before Oklahoma. He was kind of like one of the, the the big dogs out there, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So even then, having an opportunity to see what Kyler, and not just Kyler, but Baker, see what they did before him in Oklahoma kind of played a big role in getting him to go there. I mean, I thought he would tell the story about what actually got him to go there because Jalen said he wanted to go to Miami or uh, I was just about to tell that story, Quill. Go ahead, man. That's awesome. I was literally just thinking of that. Yeah, man, he said he wanted to go to Miami or Maryland, and Nick Saban asked him, who do you think has the best offense in the country? And he said, Oklahoma. He said, you should go there. And, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, just his relationship with Kyler. I'm sure he did his due diligence, his homework, and he spoke on just the volume, having an opportunity to watch film on them, how they operate in the offense, just having a chance to learn under Kyle, uh, Lincoln Riley. He's sure he's doing the same thing for Caleb right now, so. Mm-hmm. Really good here. But. Absolutely, man. So why don't we get into this matchup a little bit? Interesting. Yes, very, very versatile. Um, a lot of a lot of weapons, but it's kind of all over the place. They also have one of the worst corners ever to ever exist, and I personally hate him. Do you know who it is? Wow. Why won't you let it go? Oh, let it go. Let it go. Yes. No, 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 bro. That was our season, bro. That was like three years ago. And I will never, ever forget it, bro. Never. It's 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 stuck in my mind. It will it will never disappear. I was scarred forever. Marco Wilson, why did you throw the shoe, bro? Why? That was that was a season, man. I I well, you know. Camera's not on, but I'm tearing up right now. Oh, my goodness. On the other side of Marco Wilson, we have Byron Murphy, who isn't really getting much praise this season, but he has been absolutely phenomenal in the games that he's played. Absolutely Mm -hmm. phenomenal, which is more than you can say for the rest of the Cardinals passing offense. I mean, mean, passing defense. Defense. Mm -hmm. Agreed, man. And And we all liked him. We all liked Byron Murphy. Yeah, solid, real solid between Byron and Buddha. Those, mm-hmm. those were really the two bright spots on the defense. I mean, it seemed like Isaiah Simmons hasn't quite gotten his footing going yet. I yeah, see it's like a tweet flashes. going on. I think it's Benjamin Solak that does this, where he's he makes a tweet weekly where let's check in on Isaiah Simmons, and it's like every week he see he's catching them doing something stupid on tape. And I'm like, Damn, Isaiah. <laughs> I feel bad for you, brother. I wish, and I mean, it's not even all the way his fault. It's kind of the way they they're using him, like yeah. they keep actively using him in coverage. And I'm like, let him rush the passer. Yeah, that's Please. just not what he's supposed to be doing, Do something. man. I mean, he can yeah. get in coverage, but just not every like using him no, in coverage yeah, it's, for sixty seven percent of the snaps. Yeah, it's, it's not as strong. Not ideal. The the thing about players like Hassan Reddick, Isaiah Simmons, like you know the, these these tweener kind of like you know, crazy athlete type of guys, even, even Derwin to an extent, but Derwin has the ability to just do everything. Like he can, he can just be a pure safety, but yeah, he's just so, he's so freaking good, dude. But in in terms of, you know, these other guys like Hassan or Isaiah Simmons, I think are, are two really kind of similar players in the sense that like, as a defensive coordinator, you can't pigeonhole them. You know, it, it, it shouldn't, Nick Sirianni talks about how it's players, formations plays that's so that's something that's that's what he learned in college you know in coaching that you base everything off of who are the who, what are who are my best players what are their best talents how can i get them in a formation to best you know get them lined up and then how how can i run a play to put them in the best position to succeed and if you're not able to use all your players especially guys who obviously have talent and who have ability then that that says something about you as a defensive coordinator in my opinion Mm-hmm. Vance Joseph, I mean, look, he's trying his best, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Vance. I like Vance. He's just kind of older, too. Thinking like an old man. Actually, you get pretty hard to actively watch because, I mean, 
this is one of the teams I actually were able to get a feature out on my 32 for 32 on the season. And a lot of the questions that you had during the offseason, the offense just isn't playing as well as you would like, <clears throat> Cliff, then it's kind of not going to be a recipe for success. I mean, the team has no pass rushers. Chandler Jones is gone. I mean, of course, you got Marquise Golden back, who had, I don't think he had 15 sacks last year. But when you got one pass rusher, that's not that's not enough. And, I mean, they drafted a couple players this offseason, but it no nothing to get the juices flowing, for lack of better terms. And, I mean, they were excited about, um, gosh, what is his name, the kid that they drafted last year, linebacker. Let me look it up. Ooh. I think he went to Tulsa or something. Zayvon uh, Collins? Yes, Zayvon yeah. Collins. Thank you. Mm-hmm. They were excited. They were so excited about Zayvon this year. And, I mean, he's been a bit up and down, which is to be expected. He's still getting his feet under him. Didn't really play much last year. Only The only bright spots that there are are, there is, honestly, is Bradley Murphy. That's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of that, I mean, last week against Carolina, they were pretty successful. They held CMC to 27 yards on the day, 3.4 yards per carry. But, I mean, again, the same way I said about their passing defense, while they played good this week, that is, that is not usually what they look like on the season. So don't let those stats fool you. So as far as defensively, I mean, Vance Joseph is trying to make lemons with, I mean, lemonade with water and sugar. No lemons. That's it. And so he trying. He, he trying. It's just not much. Well, you, got, you got a guy who can rush the passer, but you're not using him. I mean, yeah, I, I do agree with that. You could actively find better ways to use him. I think they're trying to make him be something that he's not. And, I mean, I like the idea that they had at the start of the season using him in the star row. Mm-hmm. But it it's just not going as well as they plan, man. Kind of sucks, actually. And then when you get to him offensively, I mean, I don't know what's wrong with Kyler Murray and why he won't actively run the football. But You want me to tell you why? He, what's, what's your reasoning? Double XP weekend. You would think that makes him want to run the football more. You score, you score more points. You go home and play the game more. <laughs> why won't you? Why won't you use your legs? It's actually pretty frustrating. I mean, he came away with that late touchdown in the game against. I believe it was the Raiders a couple weeks it was ago. The Raiders, yeah. But even when you look back there, the last couple games, I think he's only had like five rushing attempts. Jalen Hurts had five rushing attempts in the first quarter against the Lions. So it's like. I mean, come on, Kyler, stop pigeonholing yourself. You can use use your weapons. Then when you talk about the weapons, I'm kind of de- depressed. It seems like there's no more Greg Dortch. Greg Dortch has been lighting up the scene for the la- for the first month, let's say, of the season. Then last mm-hmm. week, snaps went down a little. I think he uh, nicked up his ankle, but snaps went down, especially because Rondell Moore is back, which, I mean, this, that could be a blessing and a curse if you're a Cardinals fan. I mean, Greg Dortch was playing very, very well before prior to his snaps being reduced. But the way Greg Dortch was playing is exactly what you hope for someone in the role that in that role to do. So with that being Rondell Moore's role, I mean, kind of leaves you with some excitement. Kind of gives me the same feeling we had heading into this week about the whole Christian Kirk thing where the Eagles are going to have to figure something out. That's what kind of uh, – we know anything about the Arizona Cardinals offense, a Cliff Kingsbury offense, uh, Kyler Murray's on the football, that he's going to target his flat receivers. Mm-hmm. So got to make sure we get got a, a body over the receiver every time, whether, of course, Avante seems like he's going to be out, whether it be Josiah Scott again, J, uh, CJ, GJ, whoever the case may be. Definitely, man. Definitely. It's especially with Devontae out this week, it's gonna be interesting. But Josiah held his own in, in man coverage last year. It was in zone. Um 
where where he was running into a lot of issues. So, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see. But I mean, JG's been on his shit. You know, <laughs> there's there's not really uh, any any way around that. I mean, he's just he's been killing it, and uh, I think he'll come out prepared with with the team with Kyler Murray. You never know because he's just he's got that ability to kind of take over the game with his short stubby little legs running around like a bad toddler. But, uh, but, but like you said, man, it's just, it's, it's, it, the whole team just seems a little bit disorganized and, uh, and all over the place. And so that just means that we as a team have to play even more organized, you know, and we have to just be on it. You have to be disciplined and you can't make any mistakes because mistakes end up being the difference in games like this. Exactly, man. But, I mean, the Eagles are on four in trips to Arizona. The Eagles have never won a game in Arizona. So, well, there's... this is this is the year of uh, this is the year of, of of breaking those trends. Jalen Hurts won a primetime game. We're we're doing these things. We're 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 doing them now, bro. He's he's, he's uh, yeah, going out there. Dallas lurking, and for the week of the lead, it'll afford a allow this to be a trap game and B. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, dude. These 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 next couple, you know, they're just they like all these teams have you know, weaknesses that you can find, but they also have strengths that can take over a game. So we have to be, we just have to be really careful in these next couple games. Um, but in this game, I think it's going to be um, really interesting to see what Dallas Goddard can do. I think, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, um, Buda Baker is playing well um, and, 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 and Byron Murphy's playing well. So, you know, they, they do have the ability to, to take out a receiver for the most part, right? And and with the receivers we have, it's it's pretty tough considering uh, the the caliber of players we have. But they also have let up a ton of yardage to tight ends, so I think it could be a really really big Dallas Goddard game. And dude, he's 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 been on it, bro. I mean, every time we're inside the red zone, we're throwing a screen to him. And it works. I mean, the, the he just he's so it's because the, his execution is it's it's perfect. Almost like uh, chef's kiss. Exactly. Exactly, bro. It's it's literally just coaching material, bro. He follows every block. He knows how to like. There's an art to following blocks in that you can lead one block into another, and he has that ability. And and he can just like get rid of multiple guys with one blocker. It's it's just it's really impressive to see because he's just like this lumbering like six five. Big ass dude, and he's just so <laughs> nimble on his feet. It's wild, super fun to watch. Exactly, Thank man. God he is not in Dallas. Thank God. I think that every time I watch him play, every time. Yeah, man. I mean, having a guy like that makes it easier to watch a guy like Zacherts having to be on the other side last this week. Absolutely, absolutely. Because he's he's he just scored a touchdown last week, and he's still doing his thing. But Dallas, well, Dallas is doing his thing isn't even the word. I think my brother has him in a fantasy, fantasy, I believe it was. I don't know if he was putting a bet on him or if he had him in fantasy, one of the leagues he was in. But he was telling me how he had like 21 targets through three games or something like that. I'm like, oh, he is feeding him, huh? And he's, get, and he's getting yak. What? No yak, yeah. Zach? The, all of a sudden, bro, do you remember that first game? He was there. He just started getting yak, and he's actually been – this last touchdown he scored, he 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 broke some tackles to score it. I'm pretty sure. Crazy yeah, man. Stuff. Who knows? But I'm taking Dallas. <laughs> Thank you for everything, everything, Zach. But it was, it was time to move on. You know, now we don't. Now we're not just pigeonholed into running twelve constantly. But it'll be an exciting game, man. So do you have a? Do you have any predictions? For this game because now we got to wrap up and obviously hit the live stream this will be out um friday morning uh but we just did it we're about to do a live stream thursday night we'll probably do it again um <laughs> it's on the page i but... mean it was successful man it wasn't pretty but it was successful <laughs> we do what we got to do you know what i mean but it's gonna be fun time but so what what, what are you thinking score wise for the bird, oh, the bird's about to be the breaks off them. This is no <laughs> trap game. Jayla Hurts playing that loud and clear. 
Y'all didn't want to ask questions about them. He wanted to answer questions because he is prepared, and so the guys in that locker room. The Arizona Cardinals look terrible right now. I don't know why y'all keep saying Cliff and Kyler are going to get fired. I mean, Cliff and uh, Kyle are going to get fired by the season's end because they just signed extensions. So I think Arizona, you just got to sit back and get ready for this roller coaster because <laughs> I think it's going to be another one of them games where the Eagles put up a whole lot of points in the second quarter. The go- the score, the final score will make it seem a lot closer than it really is because mm-hmm. Kyler and company are going to be able to put up a bunch of garbage time points. And I mean, in your spread offense, you would think that's what you're able to do at the end. That's what they've been able to do for a while. But final score, Eagles 38, Cardinals 28. Ooh, I like it. I like it. So I think, I think the, uh, Oh, Matt Pryor in the game right now. Eagles legend. Wow. Um, anyways, um, I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, the, the Cardinals will get up to 31 and the Eagles will have 38. So let's see what this game looks like. I'm okay. But as always, well, take go it, Birds, take it baby. Go Birds. But Make sure you uh, like subscribe comment comment from your phone your mom's phone your friend's phone my phone mm-hmm. car's phone your cousin's phone grandma's phone what go buy a second on? phone yo naeem hines is playing well no bro he like was mm-hmm. just stumbling getting up oh my god oh no yeah bro he was stumbling stumbling just like to a please get him off the field Oh, no, yeah, dude. His legs went totally weak. Anyways, sorry, bad podcasting, but subscribe from everyone you know's phone. Go Birds, and uh, and we'll be back next week. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate y'all. Go Birds, Bird. baby. <laughs> Just so we said it one more time.